Well, good morning, Church in Nolensville. Oh, man, we can do better than that. Good morning. morning. Happy New Year. I am so... Some of you guys are like, Happy New Year. We can also say that. Happy New Year. I love the last person who just said that. It was like, just, just like really with me. Thank you. I want to tell you that there is no better way to start the year than worshiping together. And I'm glad I get to do that with you. And I'm so encouraged to see all the kids in this room. My kids are in this room too. And I just want to tell you kids, like this is really great that you're here. And if you make some noises, no one's going to care. Okay. We're just glad that you're here with us. I know what it's like to be in church as a kid. My dad was a pastor. We were the first ones there, last ones to leave. We always were like, mom and dad, when are you going to let us go home and eat lunch? And I'm telling you kids, like today we have a word for you. I want you to listen really closely because I think today is going to really be something that you're going to walk with the rest of your life. Okay. Uh, Now, today we're talking about starting the year off well. And everybody, when they start the year, has some idea about what they hope for the year. But they also know that there's going to be something that's going to make that hope go sideways. There's no better way to illustrate this than the year 2020. Do you guys remember 2020? It's like some of us have PTSD from 2020, right? But at the beginning of that year, all these organizations, ministries, uh, government agencies rolled out what? Their 2020 vision, right? You remember that? Their people were like, this is our vision. 2020 is going to be the best year yet. And then COVID happened and everybody forgot about those things, right? Because they were just like, man, we had no idea this was coming. Now, I hope that this year is not going to be like that, right? I hope this year is just going to be all good things for all of us. And yet, sometimes we don't know what's coming, and that makes us feel afraid. Say afraid. But I don't want us to be afraid this morning. I want us to be strong and courageous. Can you say strong and courageous? That's what we want to be. And if you have a copy of the scriptures, please open it with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 is where we're going to be today. A couple years ago, I made a really sketchy decision. Um, My family, we went to the Amazon jungle. Uh, My parents were missionaries in South America for 30 years. They're actually here today with us. And uh, we decided over Christmas that we were going to go to the Amazon River because uh, even though we lived in Colombia, we had never been. So it was kind of like being in Nashville and never going to the Ryman, which I haven't done yet, by the way. I've lived here for almost 15 years. I've never been to the Ryman. Uh, and that's kind of like my shame, my confession to you this morning. But for us in South America, like everybody expects you to be in the jungle. But where we were living was not the jungle. We were living in a city called Bogota, which is 8,600 feet above sea level. So it's like almost twice as high as Denver. And it's cold. So when people would ask us like what it was like to live in the jungle, because we live in South America, we were like, we've never been. So we were like, let's go. So we went to the Amazon River. This is a picture of us on the river. This is me, my brother. I don't know why I'm like flashing some kind of gang sign. Uh, But uh, this is the boat that we were on. That is the Amazon River. And the river looks like milk chocolate. 
and you can't see anything in it. This picture was taken on our way up river. We decided to go up to a village, an Indian village in the middle of nowhere. Uh, this is so remote that the nearest road out is 400 miles away. You either ride the river or you take a plane in and out. And we were going up in the middle of nowhere. And as we were going closer and closer to the village, we noticed that the river changed because it was no longer milk chocolate. But as you go upstream into the tributaries of the Amazon, it becomes dark. It becomes black water. And you can't see anything underneath the surface. Finally, we got to this lake. There was a little village there. Our guide, a man named Guatachi, was like, hey, you know what would be a great idea? Is if you went swimming because there are piranhas in the water. Now, y'all know what piranhas are, right? Okay, piranhas are meat-eating fish. This is a piranha. This is a picture I found on Google. Uh, and it is a picture of a piranha's mouth. The teeth are so sharp that natives shave with them, okay? And I was familiar a little bit with piranhas because my parents had bought some for me for Christmas one year. This is what happens when you live in, 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 in Colombia. And we had had them in a tank, a special tank for them, and we'd feed them other fish. And one day they ate each other. There was only one left because that's what they do. They eat living creatures. They're carnivorous. And so our guide was like, you can jump in the water. I was like, you're lying. There's no way I'm going in that water. You can't see it. It's dark. You can't see anything underneath the surface. And maybe they're not even there, but like, I don't know why you'd ask us to do this. But eventually, because of the wisdom of our guide and his past experience, we decided to jump in. This is what he told us. He said, piranhas will not bite you unless you're bleeding. They won't bite you unless you're bleeding. I was like, checking myself for cuts. <laughs> I was like, all right. So we took a leap of faith. Me and my friend, my brother and our friend Sam, we all jumped in, paddled around really nervously, and then got out. And we we're like, well, that wasn't so bad. Maybe they weren't there. So we baited some hooks on some fishing lines, uh, chopped up pieces of fish, put that on the hook, threw them in, and immediately pulled out piranhas right where we were. I told you, like, we weren't necessarily bright that day. We just went swimming with meat-eating fish. Now, the reason I'm telling you guys that story is this. Courage can be a tricky thing sometimes. But when you have someone who has experience of wisdom and you can borrow it, it creates courage for the present moment. And the same thing is true for us as people who follow Jesus. God's faithfulness in the past gives us courage in our present moment. And Joshua is faced with the same thing. So let's look at our text in Joshua 1, 7 through 9. I'm going to read you the Bible. It says this, above all, this is God speaking this, by the way. This is God saying this to Joshua. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may Carefully observe everything written in it, for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Have it, I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
Now, many of us have heard this verse. We may have memorized this verse, but we may not understand what this verse really means. So the, the man that it's written to, the man who's like the main character in the story is a man named Joshua. Joshua was the leader of God's people, but he was a new leader. There had been a previous leader, Moses, who had brought his people out of captivity and had led for 40 years. And Moses is considered the greatest prophet who ever lived by the Jewish people. Today, if you ask them, who's the greatest prophet? They're like, it's Moses. Moses did the most amazing works of God. So Joshua is following in Moses' footsteps. And it's intimidating and it's scary for him. So God has a word for him. And the word you find over and over again is the word what? Be strong and courageous. Say it with me. Strong and courageous. You find it three times in these three verses. And if you're studying the scriptures, a good pro tip on understanding what God wants you to get out of it is to look at things that are repeated. Here we find the word strong and courageous repeated over and over again. Now, why did Joshua need to hear that? Well, because it's easy to be weak and afraid, isn't it? When you look at the future, just like we were standing on the edge of that boat, looking into dark water, we couldn't see underneath the surface. It can be terrifying to take that next step. I am relatively new to my position. Uh, Kairos is a midweek worship gathering on Tuesday nights. It has had an incredible impact in the city. It's a refreshing worship moment. And We've had great leadership over the last years. Uh, it's been around 17 years. Our pastor, Mike Glenn, was the one who started it. Uh, another pastor named Chris Brooks followed it. And both of them are excellent communicators. And when I first took this job, this is what people kept on telling me. They would find out it was a new Kairos pastor. And they would say, wow, you have really big shoes to fill. You have really big shoes to fill. And I was like, well, I'm, I wear a size 13 shoe. So, I mean, that's, that's you know, I... Okay, you're talking about literal shoes. Okay. And I never really knew what to do with that because I was like, do I just need to try harder? Do I need to prove myself? And I, sometimes in those first several months, I was just convinced that I just needed to be Superman in order to impress people so I could be strong and courageous. But that's not what God was asking me to do and that's not what God is asking you to do today. If you're faced with adversity and you're feeling overwhelmed, if your marriage is not what you want it to be, if you're feeling like you're left out at school or at work, if you feel alone, if you feel like you may have a major me uh, mental health issue you're going through this year or physical health issue you're facing or you're going through a situation at work and you hear this message, my invitation to you is not, it is not to just try harder in order to be more courageous. It's not that. That only leads to burnout and disillusionment. The word I have for you is to be strong and courageous in the right ways. I've been reading this passage wrong my whole life. So I want us to look at it closely. Look with me in verse 7. What does God tell Joshua to do courageously, to be strong and courageous? It's not being more brave. 
It is to be in the word of God. It's to be in the word. Look with me in verse 7. It says, above all. So like God's saying, more than anything else, right? When God says, above all, you're like, okay, I need to listen to that. Above all, be strong and courageous to what? To observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. God says, I want you to be in the word. I want you to be in the word. If you want to find the source of courage, it is in God's recorded scriptures. God tells Joshua, listen, Moses wrote down my instructions for you. It's in the Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I've written this down for you, and I want you to be courageous enough to spend time in the Word. And if you want to start this year outright, listen, spend time with Jesus in His Word. God's not asking you to figure things out on your own. He wants you to borrow His wisdom, and He wrote it down for you. I think sometimes we look at that and go, okay, yeah, sure, but how does that help me in my daily struggle? Let me just point you to Jesus. When Jesus started his ministry, he was baptized. First thing he did was baptized by John the Baptist. And then he went out into the wilderness for 40 days where he was tempted by Satan himself, okay? Like, I know we've all had temptations. I'm just, I'm just going to put this out there. It probably wasn't Satan himself showing up to you and being like, hey, I'm going to offer you some stuff, right? Jesus had Satan himself come and offer opportunities, alternative solutions to Jesus' mission. Satan's like, you came to take dominion over this whole world, to restore it back to the Father. I'm going to offer that to you. All you have to do is worship me. And Jesus countered Satan's temptations and his lies by quoting Scripture, specifically out of the book of Leviticus. <laughs> Leviticus. Jesus had memorized Leviticus. When we hear the word Leviticus, what do you think? You think, I ain't going there. That's what I think. When I hear the word Leviticus, I'm like, my quiet time would be better suited in one of the Gospels, in the book of John, perhaps, where he tells me how much he loves me. Like, why would I read Leviticus? And yet Jesus has spent time, he's been courageous and strong in carefully observing what God wrote down. He knew his scriptures. And the way he did that was by meditating on them. In fact, that's what you find God telling Joshua next. Look with me in verse 8. He says, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth, and you are to meditate on it day and night, so you may carefully observe everything written in it, for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. For many of us, meditation is a term that we're familiar with, but we have a wrong understanding of it because we live in Nashville, Tennessee, and we've been exposed to Eastern mysticism. So for many of us, we think about meditation, we think about like yoga or like holding some pose or like breathing right. And we think about emptying our, our, emptying our minds so we can be one with the universe. But that's not the biblical understanding of meditation. Eastern mysticism says empty your mind. Meditating from a Christian worldview means to fill it. To fill it. 
to fill it with the things of God, to think about what he's told us about himself, to think about the scriptures that we've memorized, to let it get deep down within us, to think about it. It's almost like the illustration of chewing on something like a cow chews on grass, continually thinking, processing, developing ideas about what God says about your life and your future as you borrow his wisdom. God says if you do that, you're going to find success in whatever you do. We need to be in the word if we want to be courageous. We be in the word if we want to be strong because God's strength will hold us fast to him and give us success. You know, I see how uh, Joshua walked this out in his life. So what we find next is Joshua brings the people into the land that God had promised them, a land that Moses couldn't lead his people into. And the first thing he does when he comes to the promised land is he finds the Jordan River. Now, if you go to the Jordan River today, it's more like a creek. Like you go, this is a river? Like if you literally go, and it kind of runs out halfway between uh, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. They pull a lot of that water away for like irrigation today. So like if you look at your Bible and you look at the maps, everybody's looked at those maps at at least one point during a sermon. We're like, I'm kind of bored. I'm going to look at those maps. Uh, (laughs) Hopefully nobody's doing that right now. Uh, But uh, if you look at it, you look and see that like line kind of going from the Sea of Galilee all the way down the Dead Sea. That does not exist today. It dries out. But in Joshua's time... When he first came to enter into the land, it wasn't just a small trickle. It was a massive torrent because it was at flood stage and they could not cross. There's a huge obstacle. So what does Joshua do? Well, he's been spending time reading God's word and he realizes that the same God that led Moses leads his people. And so he sends the Ark of the Covenant ahead of them into the water. And when it comes in contact with the water. It repels it, and the waters recede, and they're able to walk through on dry land, just like they did at the Red Sea when Moses split the sea in half. Why would Joshua have the confidence to do that? Well, because he was spending time in God, and it was not his strength that mattered. It was the Lord's. He had courage because of God's faithfulness in the past, Gave him courage in his present moment. Later, they're having a battle. They're winning the battle. The Canaanites have come out to fight them. They're fighting. The people of Israel are winning, but it's getting close to dusk. And they're afraid that the the enemy will hide in the darkness and then regroup and have to fight them again. So Joshua does something that no one else has ever done. You know what he does? As he's fighting... He looks up at the skies and says, son, stand still. Like, okay, just take just a moment and think about that. Have you ever tried to do this? So yeah, son, stop, right? Joshua has the courage to say, I'm going to believe that God is greater than our current world. I'm going to tell him to act on our behalf. And I want the son to stop. And it did. How could he do that? Because he had read in the scriptures that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. God who made them can do whatever he wants with them. 
Friends, if we want to be the people of God in our city that God will use for his glory, we have to be people who spend time in the word. It will give us courage. But it's not just being in the word that we need in this present moment. We need to be people who the word is within us. See, here's the thing. At Christmas, we celebrated the fact that God came to be Emmanuel, God with us. It's the greatest promise of the Bible, that God will be with us. And we find it here. Look with me in verse 9. God says this. He says, haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is, can you say it? With you. Wherever you go. The Bible tells us that Jesus was the word. John 1, the word was with God. And he came and dwelt among us, put on human flesh, and walked with us. And now that word of God has come to be with us, not just for a moment, but for eternity. Now, I want you to bear with me here. Jesus says, you know what? It's great that I'm here, but it's better if I leave. That's what he starts saying in John 15. Now, I know that if you're like me, you're probably going like, how could that be possible that it's better for Jesus not to be here? Like, wouldn't it be awesome if Jesus was our senior pastor? Like, wouldn't it be awesome if he was preaching like he did on the Mount of Olives? Or if he was feeding us miraculously, or we could ask him about heaven, or we could, you know, just even hug him and spend time with him. Like, wouldn't that be Far better than any other human preacher. Like if Jesus was just here, everything would get so much better. But Jesus says what? It is better if I leave. If I, it's better if I go. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will come. Many of us don't have a good understanding of the Holy Spirit. We think that he's like the force from Star Wars. Like we're like, if I just have the Holy Spirit power, I can do stuff. But the Holy Spirit is not a force. He is a person. He's equally God as the Father or the Son. If they did not exist, which is impossible, but if they did not, he'd equally be worthy of being worshipped. His name is just like different. It's Holy Spirit. But he has a personality. He has a will. He has emotions. You can grieve him. And I think many of us do because we act like he is not there. We focus on God the Father and God the Son But God, the Holy Spirit, is an afterthought. And the Holy Spirit, the scriptures say, the reason why it's better that Jesus left is because the Holy Spirit was able to come. He's able to come and be in us. Where the temple is no longer a building, it is a person. So if you want to have courage, hear me out. If you want to have courage, you need to be in the word, but the word of God needs to be in you. You need to give your life fully to Jesus. If you want to have courage, know this. You have more access to God's past faithfulness than Joshua did. Like Joshua only had five books of the Bible. You have the whole thing. Joshua only knew that God could split the seas, but he didn't know that God could be a baby. Joshua knew that God could stop the sun, but he didn't know that the sun was going to come give his life for him. Joshua only knew that God was powerful, but not that he is love. And he'll do whatever he can for his children. 
He did not know that God was going to come and abide with him. So if he's able to be courageous like that, how could we be courageous today? What if our word for this year was the word courage? Courage to do whatever the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Friends, this is what I've decided to do. This is how I've been living my life for the last season. My desire is to just do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do as quickly as I can. To just say, if you tell me to do something, God, I'm going to obey. That's what courage looks like for me. Because God has been faithful in the past. I can be courageous in the present. And if you're willing to do that, there's going to be something that's going to unlock in your walk with Jesus. If you're willing to do that, it's going to go from just being something that you read, that you're in, the word that you're in. The word of God will start moving in your life. And you're going to see God do something incredible. If you're willing to say, God, as soon as you say something to me, my answer will be yes. Yes, God. I'm going to do it. I want to pray for you as we close out that you would be people filled with courage, that you'd be strong and courageous today. I just want to pray a blessing over you as we just transition out of this time and into a time of worship, that your heart would grow closer to him, Jesus. Thank you for being with us for the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling within us at our moment of salvation when we trust in you. So God, I pray that we will not be weak and afraid, but that we would be in the word and we'd lean on your spirit who is in us. God, what would it look like if a church in Nashville just said yes? God, whatever the question is that you're asking me, my answer is yes. It's in Jesus' name we say.